Shabbat Shalom. That's nice. This week's Torah portion is entitled Noach, covering Genesis 6-9 through 11-32. It tells us about the catastrophic worldwide flood which destroyed all life on earth except for Noah, his family, and ancestral pairs of animals. But the flood isn't really the main theme here. The theme is, what does it mean to be the remnant? What does it mean to be a righteous remnant? Noah, a righteous man living in the midst of a godless society, had a unique relationship with the creator and was willing to look foolish for his sake. For the sake of obedience, his trust in God and his obedience shielded Noah and his family from judgment. And three key words, three very important words appear at the beginning of this parasha. Noah ish tzaddik. Noah was a righteous man. Moses tells us that Noah was blameless. That's a beautiful word, blameless and walked with God. And that word to describe him, tamim, means complete or having integrity. Now contrast that with God's verdict about the whole rest of mankind at that time. It says, God looked on the earth and behold, it was corrupt for all flesh had corrupted their way upon the earth. It seems that the murder of Cain or excuse me, the murder of Abel by his brother Cain was just the beginning of things. Sin spread rapidly through mankind like an aggressive virus, and the whole world was filled with bloodshed. What follows is, of course, a story that is known the world over. God instructs Noah to build an ark of gopher wood. 450 feet long by 75 feet wide by 45 feet high, three decks high, lined with pitch in which he and his family and representative pairs of animals will be sheltered from the coming deluge. And from these ancestral pairs, the earth will be repopulated. There are numerous ancient stories of a great worldwide flood that have come down to us from people groups really on every continent, it seems. The Chaldeans told of Zisuthrus, the Sumerians of Ziusudra, the Assyrians of Utnapishtim, the Babylonians of Atrahasis, the Maasai in East Africa of Tumbainot, and there are others. Now, most of these flood stories have common elements humanity's pervasive wickedness, uh, one faithful man, instructions to build an ark or a ship, the amassing of animals to accompany him on the ship, and a flood which wipes out the rest of mankind. Now, skeptics would argue that all these common flood stories prove that the early chapters of Genesis are just one more myth, just mythology. On the contrary, I believe the, the commonality on so many different places on this planet of this story uh, demonstrates that there really was a real worldwide catastrophic flood in antiquity. And the variations in the stories, I think, arose over time after the nations were separated uh, by language. I also believe that where those stories differ from the Genesis narrative, they are in error. The Genesis narrative is the real deal.
Now from these four families, Noah, his wife, his sons, and their wives, the earth was repopulated. God told them upon exiting the ark, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth, just as he had commanded Adam and Eve. Now, however, things will be different. Animals will now fear humans, and humans will have dominion over them. Sadly, some things will remain the same, namely mankind's bent uh, tendency on rebellion against God, this determination to make a name for themselves. And so what happened? Man, all humanity all gathered together and built a ziggurat, a big tower, to show their disdain for his authority. God took notice and turned what had been our common language into babbling, scattering us over the face of the earth eventually to build separate nations. The parasha ends with a uh, genealogy. It's Shem's genealogy. We see the beginnings here of a chosen lineage. It will not be through Ham, it will not be through Yafet that Israel will emerge, but through Shem. And Shem's genealogy leads us at the end of chapter 11 to Terah and his sons. And we are introduced to one particular son of Terah named Avram, Abram. This Abram will have a unique relationship with God, much as Noah did. And the history, which is of particular interest to us, will begin here with this man, Avram. But understand something. This isn't very long after Adam and Eve. The Genesis chronology puts Methuselah's death just before the flood. And over 200 years of Methuselah's life overlapped with Adam's. So my point here is that mankind knew about God. They knew about him, but they did not honor him as God. But they knew that he existed, much as Noah did. And, and, uh, but it also shows us that as evil as humanity got, they were still religious. They still built that tower, that religious tower. We are religious by nature. Even rebels are religious. The thing is, we want to do religion on our terms. And that's one of the reasons, by the way, that I really don't like the expression, people who are, quote-unquote, unchurched, to describe those who don't know the Lord. I mean, do we really think that the problem is that they don't attend religious services, as though that's the cure, and that one is as good as another? We really should say what we mean. People who don't know Yeshua are unsaved. It's more honest. And uh, unsaved sounds more urgent, doesn't it, than unchurched. It means they're on a trajectory toward judgment, eternal judgment. So we need to be more honest with ourselves. I think we need to be more honest about the urgency of evangelism. And rather, I think instead of being complacent and adjusting our terminology, let's just be honest and say we need to get people saved. And they're not saved. There is a sobering message for us in the account of Noah, for there is a great final judgment coming upon the earth. And human beings have just two options, either get in the boat, as it were, or perish. Now, getting in the boat, following Yeshua, may require you to endure ridicule. You notice there's been a recurring theme this morning. I'll bet Noah was the laughingstock of the neighborhood as he's laboring over this enormous ark. 
True faith is evident when a person willingly endures ridicule or even outright hostility for obedience' sake. And it usually escalates. Laughter and insult eventually give way to intimidation and threats. Eventually, there may be some kind of physical attack. And Yeshua warned us that in the generation that sees his return, the world will be as it was in the days of Noah. People will be going about their business indifferent to God, belittling the notion of judgment, eating and drinking and marrying. And Yeshua tells us they did not understand until the flood came and took them all away. So friends, we need to be people of discernment. His return is near. Don't you feel it? We've got to be ready and we've got to warn others Yeshua is our ark of salvation from the coming judgment. But as it was at the flood, when the door closes on that ark, you're either safely inside or you will surely perish.